their series in the visions of Zechariah. We're on chapter 6, verses 1 to 8, a vision of four chariots. We'll read that together. Zechariah chapter 6, starting at verse 1. We'll read verses 1 to 8. Again I lifted my eyes and saw, and behold, four chariots came out from between two mountains, and the mountains were mountains of bronze. The first chariot had red horses, the second black horses, the third white horses, and the fourth chariot dappled horses, all of them strong. Then I answered and said to the angel who talked with me, What are these, my lord? And the angel answered and said to me, These are going out to the, fourth winds, to the four winds of heaven after presenting themselves before the Lord of all the earth. The chariot with the black horses goes toward the north country. The white ones go after them. And the dappled ones go toward the south country. When the strong horses came out, they were impatient to go and patrol the earth. And he said, Go, patrol the earth. So they patrolled the earth. Then he cried to me, Behold, those who go toward the north country have set my spirit at rest in the north country. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if you compare the vision we just read to the previous visions, you will probably agree that this last vision uses more ambiguous language. It's language that you're not sure which way to interpret it. And this vision seems to leave a lot that is left unsaid or unfinished in our minds. For example, we may wonder what happened with, to the chariot with red horses. It doesn't seem to be mentioned again after the first time in verse 2. We might ask, did any horses go to the east or to the west? It doesn't mention that in the version we read together now. What are we to make of the colors of the horses? They don't seem to match exactly with the colors of the horses that we read about in Zechariah 1, neither with the ones we read about in Revelation 6. And which translation of this passage is correct? If you were reading along with a, if a different translation, you would have noticed many, many differences. Does the adjective strong only refer to the dappled horses, or is it to be applied to all the horses? Are the chariots the spirits or the winds from heaven or are they only going to the four winds of heaven? Do the white horses follow the black horses to the north or do the white horses actually go to the west as some translations have? Do the chariots give God's spirit rest or set God's spirit at rest? give his spirit a resting place, or do they appease his wrath, satisfy his justice? The differences in translations and the differences in interpretations is overwhelming when you read this last vision. And what are we as Christians supposed to do 
when we read a passage that has so many different possible translations and interpretations? Well, we need to think carefully before we proceed. Instead of throwing up our hands in despair or panic and saying, oh, we never can understand this kind of vision, visionary literature, or the other way and inserting all sorts of meaning based on speculation about the unclear details, we as Christians need to take a deep breath and ask, what did the Spirit want you, the church, to know? The intention of visions and other apocalyptic or, or revelatory literature is not to give exact details about future dates and events so that you can picture exactly what will happen someday in the future, but rather the purpose of this literature is to uncover and reveal the truth behind all the smoke and mirrors that God's enemies use to try hide what they are doing. God gives visions to his servants to open the blinds, as it were, so that we can get a glimpse of the major movements or the inner workings of what is really happening. Sometimes you can buy those, well, maybe they don't exist in those big computers. They used to have a glass window on the side so you could see what was happening inside the, the, the machine. You could see the inner workings of the machine. Well, this vision allows us to see the inner workings, the big picture behind all that we see around us in society. And this big picture is the, the common ground that we find in the midst of all the different translations and interpretations concerning the vision. It remains, it's the same message no matter how you translate, how you interpret the individual words. It's the gospel message I can proclaim to you today that behold, the Lord of all the earth is in control. We'll see from this vision, he sits among the mountains, he sends out his chariots, and his spirit will be at rest. Zechariah sees two mountains made of bronze. Bronze mountains were not subject to erosion and change, and immediately revealed to Zechariah that he was looking at a strong and enduring place. And when the angel explains to Zechariah that the chariots were leaving the place from where they had presented themselves before the Lord of all the earth, like we read in verse 5, it becomes clear that the bronze mountains are like two pillars on either side of a gateway that stood between the world and the place of God's dwelling. Though God dwells in the highest heavens, like Solomon also prayed at the time of the dedication of the temple, God continues to pay attention to all that is happening here on the earth and, and even dwells among his creatures. When God pictures the gateway to his dwelling place in this vision to Zechariah, he shows us that he is as near to us as the, uh, as, as the earth as the mountains on the earth, perhaps even as close as Mount Zion, like you read about in Zechariah chapter 8, 
or the Mount of, of Olives, which Zechariah would see in a later vision in chapter 14 that was actually split in two as it made way for the coming of the Lord and His holy ones with Him. This nearness of God to His church already revealed in His decision to dwell among them in His temple and then in a second temple. That's a major theme that is being developed and revealed to Zechariah in all the visions that he was seeing on this one night. God revealed that the angel of the Lord, the, the mediator that pointed to His Son Jesus Christ, was among them like the, the man among the myrtle trees in the first vision. God promised to return to Jerusalem with mercy. He promised that His house would be built in it. God promised to protect the church with, with a wall of fire. It's in the second chapter. And He promised to sustain His church by His Spirit through office bearers who, who were compared to two olive trees on either side of the lampstand, the golden lampstand, like we saw in Zechariah chapter 4. And Zechariah's visions also revealed how it is possible for the holy God to be so near to His people by speaking of the, the clean clothes that were given to the high priest in chapter 3. It's by speaking of His work to remove all the wickedness from His people in the Holy Land so that He could, he could live in peace with His church. The gracious and comforting words that God spoke to His people that in the first vision are worked out in all the subsequent visions so that Zechariah could, could see this vision of the bronze mountains and the chariots coming out into all the earth. And he could know that the Lord of all the earth identifies Himself with His church. He hears her prayers. He cleanses her sins. He equips her in her task. He sanctifies her. He protects His church from all harm. God's people were safely nestled as the apple of His eye among the mountains of bronze that Zechariah was seeing. If you believe in the triune God, you can find yourself in this vision of Zechariah in the hands of the Lord of all the earth in peace as He dwells among us. And it is clear from the vision that the chariots leaving through the valley between the two bronze mountains had been in the presence of, of the Lord of all the earth. That's in verse 5. The Lord of all the earth. And you can see that the word for Lord, it means master, or the, the ruler of all the earth. And that helps us to understand that the two bronze mountains are like the gateway to the ruler's seat or to the throne of the Lord where all the judgments and all the decisions are made. And the good news of this vision is that the Lord of all the earth is on the side of everyone who serves Him faithfully, who believes in His Son, Jesus Christ, that mediator already pointed to. At the end of the night, in the last vision, the Lord shows Zechariah that he hears the prayers of the saints that are brought to his headquarters, his throne, by the mediator among the myrtles. 
Zechariah is able to see four chariots that reveal the majestic power of God as, as he enters the world, as he intervenes in history to carry out his will upon the earth. We'll see it's in the second point that he sends out his chariots. And it's clear from the fact that the four chariots are leaving the presence of the Lord. And then in verse 7, that they are subject to the command and bidding of the angel that these chariots are beings who have been sent from God, God in heaven, to the earth in answer to the prayer of the mediator. Although the description of these four chariots and the red, black, white and dappled or spotted horses pulling each chariot. It's very clear. It's very precise. We can clearly picture what what Zechariah saw. We also note that nothing is said of the significance of each each color. And the indication of their task and calling is only shown to us by the fact that they are chariots. Chariots are used for military purposes engagement and not just observation when it would just be lone horses like we saw in chapter 1. So Zechariah could see several chariots with different colored horses who were leaving the presence of the Lord of all the earth and they looked like they were prepared for battle. The text is also very clear that the chariots are going out from between the two mountains in different directions. Although it's possible that the chariots went to all four directions and or that the white horses uh, and their chariots went to the west, every text and every interpretation agrees that some chariots and horses went to the north and to the south. And since Israel was stuck between the Mediterranean Sea to the west and the vast desert to the east, All the major highways and trade routes that passed through the land of Israel, they ran north-south through Israel. Israel was like a bridge that was linking Egypt and Africa to the south, in the south to Assyria and Babylon and and Asia to the north. And God reveals his, His chariots going to the south and to the north to make it clear to Zechariah and the church that even the most hate-filled places are not outside of his reach. It goes to the, the countries, the classic enemies of the people of God. And Zechariah sees these chariots going out exactly to these places. Even though it looked to the Israelites that these northern and southern countries had, had defeated the church, and had crushed the people of God, so they were just a small little remnant on this temple mount trying to build the temple of the Lord. The enemies could not remove themselves from the sovereign reign, the universal claim of Almighty God who sees and knows everything. Zechariah could find comfort in the sovereignty of of his God. And then, so that we don't think this is only true for ancient countries in a particular place in the world, 
God allows Zechariah to hear the angel sending the impatient horses to go and patrol the entire earth. It's in verse 7. Go over all the earth over which he was Lord. Well, by mentioning the work of the Lord through his chariots and horses who are impatient to do his will in all the earth, the Lord makes it clear that the specific words of comfort that were so important for the Jews at that time can also be applied to God's people in all times and in all places in the world, including places like Canada, where we live. Again, the vision opens the blinds so we can see what is happening behind the scenes of of all the the news stories we're we're receiving and all the descriptions of what is good and what is right and what is acceptable. The Lord was in control in Zechariah's day. The Lord of the earth is in control today and the Lord will continue to protect and keep His church right to the very end. And Zechariah's vision calls us to see the power of God behind everything that we might be seeing around us in our country today. Although the color of the horses doesn't match exactly, it's not hard to see a connection between these war chariots of heaven in in Zechariah's last vision and the punishment inflicted upon all the earth that we read about in Revelation 6. Today, as we think about that last scene that Zechariah saw in his vision in the night, and we compare it with the revelation given to Zechariah in chapter 14, and then what we read in Revelation about the further explanation of the kind of work that God's chariots and His horses are called to do in all the earth, Our Heavenly Father makes it very clear to us that He is in control. That He has absolute power and authority in all the universe. And we see this understanding that we also are in His hands. He is protecting us as the apple of His eye. And brothers and sisters, hear the clear revelation of the Lord of all the earth as He pulls open the blinds to allow us to get a glimpse of what is really happening behind the scenes of power and persecution and ease that we think we are seeing around us among God's enemies. The Gospel message is that the Lord of all the earth in whose arms you are kept, He cannot lose in any battle. In the end, the victory belongs to the Lord. His plans for His church will succeed. His Spirit will be at rest. Zechariah saw the strong horses who were impatient to go and ride around in the earth. And then he heard the voice of the Lord of all the earth, either directly or through the angel, and he commanded the horses saying, Go, patrol the earth. The word Patrol just means to to move about or to go back and forth in the earth. And this is the first indication of why the horses were heading out. And as they were leaving, Zechariah heard the same voice, but now it is crying 
out loud to us, crying out to him. The voice probably had to cry out to him because of the thunderous sounds of their, their hooves and the, the clanging of the chariots as they were obeying his command. And he said, Behold, those who go to the north country have set my spirit at rest in the north country. When Zechariah heard the angel of the Lord, or the angel talking about the north country, he would have immediately thought about the Babylonians and the Medes and the Persians who were the major powers that one could only access by going on the road that, had, that went to the north. And the fact that the chariots were going out there, it pointed to a military attack. And the fact that the Lord sent these chariots pointed to a victory that would satisfy God's justice. And the first thing then we see in this last part of the vision is that the Lord is still at work in the world. And that His plan for the church is not yet complete. The eighth vision reminds us of the patrol in the first vision that had come to the Lord with the distressing report that the nations of the earth were at rest and ease. And you can read about that in chapter 1, verses 11 and 15. Well, in that vision, the news of the rest of the nations had caused unrest for the angel of the Lord who cried out to the Lord for justice and mercy. And now in the eighth promise as a rich promise, it's the, now in the eighth vision as a rich promise, it's the other way around. And we read that the war chariots in the north would cause unrest for that place, but give rest to the Spirit of the Lord. And although there might be different ways to explain what is meant with the word spirit in verse 8, Everybody agrees that the word rest points to the promise that God's work will be completed according to His will. Although there is more that needs to be done as the chariots of the Lord are, are going out to change the present situation, they will succeed in carrying out God's plan. The Lord's Spirit will be at rest. And whether that fact, whether that refers to the fact that his spirit with an uppercase S will dwell in rest in the conquered countries that formerly had been in rebellion against him, or to the fact that God's own spirit in a lowercase s, his inner sense of justice will be calmed when his justice is satisfied and his anger against the nations will be appeased. We know that the Lord will accomplish His purpose. The chariots that the Lord sent out to Shinar or to Babylon in the north were taking the highway that led to the same place that that woman wickedness had been carried by the stork-winged women. They were set on battle. And the holiness of God and their departure anticipates the visions we read about in Revelation 6, chapters 17 to 19 of Revelation as well, and describe the judgment and the justice of God against all his enemies as he protects his church. And you can think of what we read in Revelation 7, that the Lord was gathering his church as, uh, with that wall of fire 
around as his chariots went out to accomplish his purpose. It's a simple message then in this vision as we connect all the the parts together. The message is that the Lord of all the earth, the God we worship, is in control and he will accomplish his purpose. Although it looks like the nation's are at ease. Zechariah's vision also brought that up. The Lord tells us that He sees and He knows everything that is happening. That He hears the cries for mercy that are are coming up to His throne through His Son, Jesus Christ. And although we may be afraid to see and to even to read about their nations gathering for war against the Lord and His church. And that's very clear in the book of Revelation that this, this battle is an ongoing battle. The Lord comforts His church. But the vision that we looked at today, He knows who are His. And we know where we are in His plan in His arms, in His care. And in the midst of it all, Christ continues to gather and to defend and to preserve His church so that the number of believers cannot be contained by walls. And His Holy Spirit remains with us at all times to to equip us to shine in the world like those two olive trees on either side of a golden lampstand. And as God's commandments drive each one of us to confession and to repentance as we trust in His grace and His mercy. And He gives us the the new clothes of righteousness, the, the pure and white clothes and the hope of the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. His Spirit is working in our hearts to, to remove all the wickedness that so hinders our worship. The chariots of God that go into the world will bring His Spirit rest. He will accomplish His purpose. And then brothers and sisters, we, we see how even in our day we can be calm. And we can be at peace. We don't have to worry that anyone can interfere with God's plans. The Lord opened the blinds and He showed us What's happening? Who is in control? All those psalms we sang of the Lord sitting on His throne. at The throne of justice. The throne of judgment. The throne where He hears our prayers. The throne from which He sends heavenly forces to accomplish His purpose. And we praise God because we know that He will succeed. Amen. We'll now sing together standing, if you're able to stand, Psalm 98, stanza 1. Again, this psalm is a psalm praising the Lord for the justice that comes from His uh, throne. Psalm 98, stanza 1. Mm-hmm. 